another data breach, uh, this time by a state-owned telecoms in Indonesia, PT wow. Telkom Indonesia. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Security Lah Podcast, Season 2. Uh, Indonesia's internet service and state utility. So the, uh, a data breach of this uh, state-owned telecoms firm. Um, and communications ministry officials said in a statement, the ministry has summoned representatives from Telcom and PLN. Hmm, is it one organization or two? Seems to be two. Yeah, seems, seems to like be two. Two, yeah. two separate organizations. But whether the the same culprits, whether it, uh, they the same people are involved uh, for the or responsible. Yeah, yeah, whether it's the same threat actors or different threat actors. Yeah, so that remains to be seen. Yeah, because like uh, from the article which I'm reading, not much is being shared because this data breach is actually pretty new, right, Doc? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, it was yesterday, mm. Yeah, it's it's very very new, and interestingly, it's the ministry, uh, comms people that that's actually announcing it. So, mm. uh, and also I believe that there was a there was a press release in Reuters that telecom spokesperson said that there is actually no breach, uh, mm. of uh, Indie Home. I think Indie Home is their uh, home broadband services uh, customer data. So, hmm, it's interesting. In one hand, you have the ministry people like our, in Malaysia, we call it MCMC, who's actually making this announcement. Wow, that's interesting. And PLN is what? Perusahaan Listrik Negara. Hmm. So, is that Indonesian for electric? Um, I no, no, think no. not sure. <laughs> I am not sure, to be honest. So I'll have to Google it to find out. You know, let me try doing that. Uh, yes, you're right. It's electric. Berhubung berhubung dengan kehadiran dan aliran muatan listrik. Listrik hmm. menimbulkan pelbagai. Hmm. Anyway, uh, electromagnet. Yeah. It's electromagnetism. That's what they're saying. Listrik, but it sounds huh. to me like electric. Okay. Or, yeah, electromagnetism. So, so what are the the main things which pop out for both of you, uh, cybersecurity experts, about this particular breach? Is Indonesian and it's a um, it's a, a breach that involves like state-owned organizations and even one utility, uh, company. What pops out for you besides that? The first thing that any Asian company does when they say they are breached, no, we are not breached. <laughs> it's so it's so obvious, right? Yeah, first they thing, always tell you that there's no data leak. Yeah, and then after that they say, oops. Uh, by the way, you know, before you say anything, uh, we take your security very seriously, you know. Mm. <laughs> your okay, your yeah, data we, is very important. We can, we can ask Kat to record that. 
<laughs> yeah, your your data is very important to us, no? Uh, but by the way, you may have missed a little bit of information. Uh, not, nothing so big, you know. So that might be the the end game that might come out of it. But Indonesia is no stranger to data leaks. Remember, yeah. we we actually covered Indonesia in one episode where Joko Widodo, the Prime Minister yeah. of Indonesia, his mm. personal data. Uh, relating to COVID nineteen uh, tracking was out in the open because there was a breach on the contact tracing app. I think this is something that uh, Sky, you are very passionate about. How you, <laughs> you passionately hate contact tracing apps, and I have to agree with you, man. Yeah, it's it's just a, a huge, huge data disaster. Oh, that day I wasn't I wasn't allowed to enter a building because I didn't. Show them my my sajatra. I was like, "Huh? Are we still looking at this?" <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of I don't know. I I find it <laughs> odd. It's like, "Hello, I can show you my sajatra app or whatever app I use for contact tracing. I don't update it. It's as good as green all the time." Yeah, and which is which is what the local ministry folks were I, saying. Said, we have we may have a lot more cases. But people are not reporting because they're not putting it in the contact tracing app. So yeah, when a, I say yeah, doesn't mean I'm not putting in lah. I mean, no one to get caught for the saying that. Eh? <laughs> Sky, we know you're you're honest, so so yeah. don't need don't need to worry about <laughs> that, right? We're we're yeah. we're cybersecurity professionals. We we follow by ethics, so non-issue. Yeah. But back to this Indonesian uh, incident, I mean, to me, it's surprising that a ministry staff. Sharing this, and met with a counter report saying that there was no breach. Mm. So either somebody didn't get the memo to say you're not supposed to release this information out, and yet they did, mm. and now they're kind of like backpedaling to sort this out, uh, mm. rather than actually say what actually happened, or maybe they are at an early phase of a breach where you know now they've discovered it, they're trying to do some investigation. To uncover see, the, details. The whole issue is when one ministry says that two agencies have data breach, then you want to think, what's the connection between both of these agencies that has a similar uh, 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 area of breach? Because PT Telecom is obviously a telco, and uh, PLN is obviously a utility. Yeah. So true. if you look at it from that angle, then my question to the Indonesian ministry is, is that all? Because it looks like there is a central connection between all agencies and you only found two. I don't know. This is what I, I see when I read this small little article. I also okay. feel that maybe the, the ministry is the central point for them to report any issues. Um, just to, to share that Indonesia has been trying to, to put in a bill just for this purpose. Uh, they've had it going since 2020, but there seems to be no progress. So most likely, I think from a regulator perspective, the regulators mm. most likely trying to pull everyone together and say, hey, you guys got to coordinate this kind of issues through me not anyone else. So um, it's more of how the the legal system in Indonesia, they're trying to, you know, somehow manage this uh, within their, their, their regulatory framework 
and, okay. and get everyone to work together. Want to take any bets on how uh, how how things are going to pan out <laughs> and like what the headlines or the announcements from these three organized these three parties are going to be in the next few days or in the coming weeks? Any bets? <laughs> I'm I'm just going to say weeks, not days. Yeah, I don't think people are going to be too proactive when it comes to a breach, and and the, usually investigation takes time. Yeah, the telco already say they don't have, but the utility company haven't said anything yet. Yeah, so we'll have to wait for them to to really yeah. come back and say this is what happened, and mm. you know that that's the thing, and I've been repeating this in in a few episodes is that the the common behavioral pattern I see in organizations first thing is deny. That means nothing mm. happened. So it can either be an outright explicit deny or an implicit deny. So in one of the episodes we spoke about IP88, that's where I call it as an implicit deny. I don't say anything. I wait three months, then I make an announcement. So that would be something that I would say implicit deny. No one knows, but I'm just I'm just keeping quiet, lah. You know, mm. so that the the issue goes away. Here they are explicitly saying no. There's no breach. It doesn't affect. Customer data, but then you see they that's that's the funny thing. They are saying that it doesn't affect customer data. Does it affect billing data? Enjoying the show so far? Subscribe now so that you don't miss out on the latest episode. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. Visit podcast.securitylaw.asia to get the links to subscribe. We don't know. Does it affect usage data? We don't know, because uh, telcos use something called CDRs, call call detail records. Call detail records tells you what is the utilization, what time they log in, how many bytes that was transferred in, uh, in out, and all that. So those are CDRs, and the CDRs are then processed uh, by the billing platform for them to determine how to bill the customer. So, for example. In a broadband scenario, they may have buckets. So one bucket may say social media. So every month, social media, I give you one gig, and then um, maybe uh, I don't know uh, Skype free ten hours, and then the rest will go into their generic uh, internet usage. So the billing has to go through these complex rule sets of packaging before deciding, you know, how much a person pays for their internet package. So Then you don't know did the CDR gets lost, you know, or did someone put a packet sniffer in the network and you now have this whole set of packets that's been captured in the network that someone took out. Yeah. So while it gives some information what's not stolen, doesn't really give you a complete picture, right, from a telco perspective because there's so much of other data that's accumulated inside that we don't know. You know, it may be even a call information. Someone making a call through their broadband connection, right? Now you have VoIP and all that. You know, nobody gets a physical phone line anymore. Everyone mm. goes through data, so even your phone line also goes through that same fiber or whatever network that you have. So maybe that data, you so, never know. Doc, is CDR uh, call data records considered personal data? Um, yes and no. <laughs> Why I say yes and no is because number one. If it's just given a CDR, you have no other ways to identify who that number belongs to. Mm-hmm. Then it's not really personal data. I had the same debate with 
the former commissioner of uh, PDP, the JPDP. And we came to a conclusion that phone numbers on its own is not personal data. Why? Very simple. Phone numbers can change ownership. True. So today I can go to any telco, whatever number you get today, I can say 90%, it's most likely recycled. So I just got a number uh, about a couple of months ago just to do some testing. The number was recycled. Until today, I'm still getting SMS notifications in that number for somebody else's uh, bank transactions. Mm. The funny thing, I called the bank, I told them, I said, this is an FSA violation. Well, they don't seem to be worried so much. So, yeah. you know, I think, so I'm I still... Think Sky has- uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So I, I I don't know how else to 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 treat this act, and unless if I go straight to the regulator and say, hey, your licensee is not following uh, what they're supposed to do in FSA, can you please tell them to buck up? Yeah. You know. Okay, before Sky uh, comes forward with his uh, wisdom, uh, you know, year, uh, many years of wisdom as as Doc has, I'm going to take a stab at this because uh, this. Reading reading the report, it reminds me of a breach that Malaysia actually underwent earlier this year, whereby uh, there was actually a common infrastructure that um, government agencies were actually tapping into. So it wasn't just one one agency that was uh, affected, but as as time went by, a, a longer and longer list of uh, agencies were found to actually have been affected. Mm. This. Could this also be the case? This, uh, could this be actually how this is going to pan out for, for, for this particular case as well? Thank you, Kat. That's exactly uh. what I was trying to say just now. <laughs> you know? okay. Seriously, there are... I mean, you, you pick two agencies mm. which has no connection with one another. It's obvious that there's a central place that has been breached and <laughs> you can see that... Hey, I can see two is affected, but... It could be more because uh, I don't know. It could be an API thing that we, we used to experience before where the connectivity is drawing data from the central database and linking it to both the telco side as well as the utility side. No, I absolutely agree because the thing is, is the common thing that... So, for example, you have one utility company. They most likely have SCADA systems and the SCADA systems may be connected over telecommunications network. I mean, at this point, we are purely theorizing. Mm. So it may or may not be the, the actual situation, but there are overlaps. So for example, uh, ICS systems, uh, industry control systems, will use telco to overlay the network in order for them to communicate to each other. Especially if you have remote sites, right? Otherwise, you're going to have an engineer there doing all the work on site, which doesn't make mm. sense. So if you have remote sites and they are overlaid over communications network, either MPLS or private circuit or whatever, yeah. then you still have that, that telco telco part, right? So assuming we take the scenario where the utility state utility company gets breached first, they'll say, ah, I got this telco network. And then when they play around the telco network, oh, telco network itself got vulnerability. That's it. So then it may be one one scenario which overlap with two organizations or it may just be two separate organizations, two separate different scenarios. Maybe the same threat actor or maybe a different threat actor. So, so with, this, with this thing in, in mind uh, and our 42 million records breach a couple of years back, 
should our Tanaga National Berhad be afraid? Um, well, <laughs> because I we, I, we I, only I, have 33 million people in the country. Yes, 32.7 actually, yeah, based on but, the last reported number. But the, the breach record is 42 million. I mean, seriously. No, there, okay, if it's telco, I can explain why. Ah, okay, because great. some people will have more than one SIM card. So for example, me, I've counted, I have over four SIM cards, you know, and one eSIM. Because I have iPad, la, I got my connected car, la, this, la, that. La. So I, I have quite a number of SIMs. You know, so I, I know why people have multiple SIMs because you may have multiple devices. You may want to have a SIM on those devices. So you do have multiple SIMs, which Ooh. means that you may even have a 20 million physical customer base, actual people holding double the, the number. In fact, the last time before I left the telco, we calculated based on the numbers we had, um, it was almost close to everyone up to a baby to have a SIM card. You know, that's how, like what you say, lah, 20 million base, 40 million SIM card. So, yeah, it makes sense, right? Because people now, they have multiple lines. They use one for iPad. They even have eSIM for their Apple Watch, uh, iPads, whatever not. I mean, there's, there's so many other factors where you can use a, a telecommunications line on. So, it's sky's the limit. Lah. You are the limit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you mentioned something really uh, intriguing, eSIM. I don't know, maybe one of these days we should talk about eSIM. And yeah, whether, we should. Whether that is going to be uh, foolproof or not, or yeah, yeah, even put us into a greater risk. Yeah, we should, we should. So we'll we'll cover a bit about eSIM and, and whether that that's that works. So, but, but for us to actually look into eSIM, we need to understand how the whole... SIM module works uh, in a telecoms environment. So uh, I'll hope I'll probably have to do like a 50 or 100 feet overview of how your mobile works. Uh, probably a little bit of technical jargon. We can cover that so that, that our listeners understand how mm. exactly it works, right? So then, then people get a better idea as to why you need a physical SIM or why you don't need a physical SIM. And you can make that decision based on your device or how you have it, right? So I guess we've covered a fair bit about this and 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 there's really very limited information. Yeah. So we hope to get more information then we can deep dive and probably have some lessons learned or identify some IOCs that we can use here in Malaysia or Singapore or even in Indonesia or India so we can better protect ourselves. So we'll we'll keep a lookout on this issue. Okay. Sounds All right, good. So, Let's uh, keep that in the burning. Yes, uh, we'll know. keep it in the wheel. Yeah. All right. So thanks, guys. I'll talk mm. to you soon. Take care. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, pleasure talking with both of you as always. <laughs> thanks. See you guys. Yes. So please make sure you come for the next one. Huh? <laughs> yes. Security lock team. Come on. Miss you. Come back <laughs> hey, soon. We- Thanks for joining us this week on Security Lab. Make sure to visit our website at securitylab.asia where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. 